Hey everybody, welcome today to the Ask LFC podcast. It is great to be with you as usual. My name is Harrison. I'm the Worship Arts Director here at Lake Forest, Huntersville. Hey, this is Mike Moses, lead pastor at Lake Forest, Huntersville. We appreciate those of you who come along with us uh, weekly uh, to talk about things Lake Forest Church-ish. Today, our primary topic is going to be why we are a team teaching or team preaching church, mm-hmm. and I don't preach every Sunday, the benefits of that, why we do it, uh, where we're headed, actually. I, we're in a, a shift from uh, in our team teaching approach, and I'll explain what I mean by that later. But first, we might have a little background noise this morning while we're recording the podcast. That's right. We really uh, upped our uh, partnership level, even on a, on, a, on a day-to-day basis with what is going on with our Learning Tree Preschool. They are, they are having their graduation ceremony in a couple days where all the, all the little ones get to walk up the yeah. aisle and they're fully playing the song Pomp and Circumstance. They'll be walking up. Da, are they? Da, da, okay. da, da. It's going to be. Uh, are they totally doing that? Oh, they're, they're that. doing okay. the whole thing. So they're, they're <laughs> about 20 feet away from where we are recording this right now are about to be rehearsing that this morning so that uh, they will be all bright and polished and ready to go. So. Man, they don't need to rehearse. It's supposed to be chaotic. <laughs> know, that was right? the best part of both of my son's preschool graduation. Somebody's supposed to go this way when they're supposed to go that way, take their hat off, pick their nose, all that. That's I'm, supposed to happen. I'm sure that will still okay. happen some, but they're 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 preparing well. <laughs> so if you hear that in the background, but we we, we love uh, those guys. We right. have uh, realized we needed to grow the partnership, the con- uh, uh, the synchronicity between church and preschool, and that's been most symbolized by a monthly parent-child chapel service that our staff now supports. And one of our, uh, I gave the first two the first two months when we partnered with them, I gave the sermon and and uh, was thinking fondly of my days as a children's pastor I, I think I might want to go back to that <laughs> um, and uh, we have a new preschool director Diane Horney she's outstanding uh, she is refreshing and strengthening in particular the the Christ-centered and biblical curriculum in the classrooms every day uh, as uh, she brings a lot of strengths to her she has led uh, two preschools uh, larger than ours when you put them together in the Huntersville area for decades, and, uh, and we're grateful to have her as a partner. Mm. Um, I heard two missions-oriented things going on with us recently. I heard, well, first of all, Remix on Sunday night had Andrew Ruth as their featured speaker, and all of our teenagers, middle and high school, were run through mission simulations. They went through some poverty situation simulations. Mm. What does it mean to be in the home of someone who owns one chair, et cetera, and what is that like to be a respectful guest? They mm-hmm. went through sharing your faith with someone who doesn't share your language. Simulations. So all of our teenagers wow. practice sharing their faith in a cross-cultural context. I was like, wow, That's that awesome. is outstanding discipleship. Uh, our Honduras, our, our mission trips updates. Uh, the Honduras mission trip is full. Uh, the Asheville uh, mission trip to serve... Uh, the inner city population and and the homeless in Asheville. That's a extended weekend trip, so it's very doable. Be a great one for a, a person, a parent, and their teen or older grade school child. You wouldn't do it with a young child to share in. We encourage multi generational participation on our mission trips. And the trip to Bolivia, we're reestablishing our relationship with the Bolivia l- orphanage uh, after the pandemic. They really need. 
renewed relationship. Uh, so uh, I, I'm really praying for those of uh, us whom God calls to be on that trip. Yeah, and it's just been awesome. <clears throat> I'm sure even more so for you, Mike, you're more in on the day-to-day level of it. But even for me, just seeing from the outside, um, uh, I've, I've joked around with Andrew even before. Uh, and when he preached a couple weeks ago, I said, if, if Andrew has a dial that goes up to 10, if you try and turn it back the other way, it stops at about six. That's about the <laughs> lowest that it goes. There, there's, true. there's no three, yeah, there's no two. And, and Andrew has brought that, uh, enthusiasm and <laughs> just drive to do everything that he's doing well into Missio day. And it's really evident to see just, uh, his, his fingerprint already on, uh, on everything. And it's, he's really done a great job of just, reinvigorating uh mm-hmm. the 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 even the trip system and the desire of people to get serving so mm-hmm. props to andrew you the man yeah thankful for that mm-hmm. uh and we do have a goal of every ministry partner participating in an extended cross-cultural ministry experience or mission experience whether that's in town with our soccer camp which we'll have again the one team soccer camp this summer or mm-hmm. one of these other um out of town experiences awesome hey harrison i quoted two dead people in my sermon sunday you did um mm-hmm. and i thought I'd, I'd add a little more depth to each of just interesting factoids about each of them um do, do you mind do we have time i mean i think wwjd w <laughs> i think he would uh go there okay, so let's that, do that it was pretty quick let's do it harrison okay so the guy who wrote the in his steps uh who who came up with the question, what would Jesus do in 1886? Um, uh, So, interesting other fact, uh, Charles Sheldon, Mm -hmm. Protestant pastor, interesting, uh, oh, I hear them now. (laughs) Yep, they're here. I hear them. They've arrived. Good idea to put everyone on notice. Um, The, um, Charles Sheldon, he actually was a Christian socialist. That was his philosophy. It was not uncommon in the late 1800s among Protestant clergy. And so I think what I think is interesting about that is not, um, therefore, you know, so the what would Jesus do guy was a Christian socialist. He's like, well, Jesus would do socialism. <laughs> he did, I don't think he literally taught it that way. Yeah. But, but I ran across, I didn't know this. I, I did my research on him just to, I wanted to learn about him. And in addition to the fact that he went to Brown University, which is where one of my sons went, uh, I thought it was interesting that he's a Christian socialist, which probably meant something. I didn't do a deep dive on this. I'm sure it meant something different than if you said that today, but probably not that different. Um, and I thought it was just interesting that this he was a mainstream pastor at that time, and, and then lots of youth groups, Baptist youth groups, you know, Bible-believing youth groups are into the what would Jesus do phenomena, wearing it on their arm and the guy who wrote it is a socialist because of his christian beliefs i just find that interesting and i find it helpful in a historically pulled back way that we can get pretty focused in our little narrow time and when our own voices inside of us our own convictions or others are like dude if you're a christian you you have to be this narrow little band on the political spectrum Mm -hmm. in america in 2023 or you ain't a real christian and uh, this just gives us perspective historically that christians have likely been all over the map for various reasons biblical and unbiblical i don't even know i have no idea why he was that i I found that interesting the other dead person that i quoted um 
except their spirits are alive. Yes. Ma- Madame Guillon, her name was Jeanne Guillon in France in the mid-1600s. Her writing, uh, her writings on prayer and union with God have uh, been influential to, um, gosh, the Quakers in their founding, the Methodists. She was very influential to uh, the Wesley brothers, her writing on prayer. Um, the Moravians, who are, were the first, who were the the first Christian denomination in in Europe to really kick off the idea of modern missions, um, uh, uh, they were influenced by her. So the, the others I could mention. A small detail about her: she, she in France in the 1600s there was only Roman Catholicism, but the Lord uh, with her spiritual friends led her to these insights of. Uh, types of prayer that today we would call more Protestant, hmm. an immediate personal relationship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through prayer in the interiority of your being as well as verbally. Uh, she published works on this, and she was actually imprisoned as a heretic. Hmm. She was uh, taken up hmm. on charges uh, in Paris. She was imprisoned in the Bastille for eight years. Uh, at the end of the 1600s, beginning 1655, I think, to 1703. Mm. Uh, so she paid dearly for her uh, teaching her convictions and her experience that you can know Christ personally. He said, abide in me, I will abide in you, and you will know my love. Mm. And she lived that out, and she wrote it out. So I, I, I encourage you guys, um, if you're interested It'll. Uh, it, it feels like a, a voice from out of time when you read Madame Guillon uh, mm-hmm. about her own walk with Christ. And so I, I recommend it. Her last name is spelled G-U-Y-O-N. Those are the two dead people quoted in last Sunday's sermon. Fantastic. Um, well, Mike, <clears throat> today... Uh Today, Mike, you get to see uh, way, way too much of me. Uh, we're doing a podcast. We got a worship planning meeting after that. And then after that, we're getting a chance to move into our subject matter for the day to hang out with uh, all lead pastors from all of our Lake Forest family. They'll all be here family in this room, and churches, in all, our green room. All of these things happening in this room. So by, by about gonna, 2 o'clock we're today. We're detailed in a detailed manner plan our summer and fall sermons here. That's right. So by about two o'clock today, Mike will oh be, you'll be sick of this room mm-hmm. and you'll be sick of uh, me. You'll, gosh. you'll kick me out of here. Say way too much time mm-hmm. spent yeah. together today, but I'm going to go like, do like, I need to cleanse the palate of my mind. I'm going to do work on a budget or something. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but we, we, uh, it's one of our favorite things. And I've mentioned here on the podcast before Mike, but in my entire uh, for me, almost 10 years now here at Lake Forest, which is crazy to think about uh, as a side note to me. Um, one of my most favorite consistent things has been the opportunities that we have uh, n- numerous times a year to get together uh, with some groups, various groups for different occasions of uh, people on staff at our other Lake Forest family and churches. And uh, the subject matter of today talking about uh, sharing teaching, even working on that part of the process together is yes. kind of uh, unique as you've experienced in mm-hmm. pastor circles. But, but I just, I'm looking forward to that part of things already. Yeah. We have kind of a college of pastors is, is a phrase from the Reformation that, hmm. that means no pastor is preparing or walking with God alone. Hmm. And that's a benefit of our family of churches. It's a benefit to every one of our congregations because your lead pastor is not a lone ranger. Um, and that's dangerous. 
uh, for men and women of God. It's dangerous for you, for all of us, in whatever station of life. But as a spiritual leader, it's dangerous for the flock if your lead pastor is a lone ranger. And, hmm. and that's not allowable. You can't even do it that way <laughs> in the Lake Forest family of churches. So why are we a team teaching church is what I want to talk about. The, the, the great privilege of my life is standing before the people of God, um, bringing, quote-unquote, a word of the Lord from the Scriptures. Um, I shake, uh, I tremble at the responsibility uh, of it, Every week, I tremble in my own flesh of not wanting to let people down and not wanting to be seen as bad at it. Mm-hmm. All those things, spiritual and fleshly reasons. I love the challenge of the biblical text, uh, learning more about it um, myself and passing along what is most beneficial to, uh, uh, to you know. Uh, I love the challenge of, of crafting sermons that, um, that engage for that long of a period of time, that comfort, that challenge properly, that inspire, and, and at at the highest peak, my um, sometimes I, I feel that we are all encountering the Holy Spirit together at one moment uh, as we learn His Word, and and those are my favorite preaching moments. Hmm. Um, but I also know that I have limitations, and. Uh, my limitations are one of the main reasons why we are a team teaching church. We haven't always been a fully team teaching church, and we're becoming more so right now. I thought about this subject uh, because I was sent a, a friend of mine who pastors a ward, even EPC Church outside of Detroit, Michigan, which is actually the mother church of our denomination. Scott McKee is the lead pastor there, and he wrote a blog for his congregation about team teaching at their church. Uh, uh, interesting detail about Scott. He was uh, a professional stand-up comedian before going into ministry. So at pastor retreats and conferences where we are with Scott, we're just all waiting for his moments. He always has <laughs> moments, that, and we're basically rolling in the floor laughing. That's awesome, I would, man. If I lived within an hour of Detroit, <clears throat> I would attend Ward Church um, just for that reason. That's awesome. Um, our church will never again be the church that we were the first few years where I preached uh, 45 to 50, really the first years, 50 wow. uh, Sundays a year. I thought it was by necessity. As it turns out, every one of our church planters never preaches that much. They, they have begun with a team teaching view. Even when they didn't have other preachers on their staff, they've still built a team external and internal. Um, and I could have done that. I didn't. I wasn't awake to this possibility at that time. And the church where I was an assistant pastor, I preached on what we called Hallmark Sundays. That was that was the the weekends where you sent holiday cards. You know, Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. No, not Mother's Day. I didn't get that one. Memorial Day, Labor Day, Fourth of July. Those were my yeah. three times. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was the, the lead pastor. What we're seeing, however, in Protestant churches across America is a movement really in our generation. This, this might have been a movement in more mainline circles before. I don't know because I've never been in mainline churches uh, as my churches. Um, but it's become a movement in our in modern worshiping churches uh, during our generation. Um, embrace a preaching team with multiple uh, gifted preachers. Why do we do this? Well, here's reason number one. Better sermon preparation. Um, preaching's hard. Uh, 
I don't complain about it, not much, at least, <laughs> outside of to Angie Moses. And actually, I love the research. I love the planning. I love delivering it. I love gathering the research, but turning it into a tight manuscript wears me the heck out. Mm-hmm. And the bar is high for sermons, and it's high at Lake Forest Church, and it should be. Um, we deserve uh, uh, faithful sermons. Um that are relevant, biblical, helpful, encouraging, and stay right at about 35 minutes. Yep. <laughs> and I think we deserve a lot of credit for coming in right around that time. That, that's, a, uh, that's quite a thing to, to do all that and land the plane about the same time weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, we all, you and your role in a different way than me, we, you know, we all have our, our gallows humor about, well, you know, Sunday's over. That was great. And now Sundays are coming. That's right. They come with great frequable, uh, high re- frequency. Mm-hmm. And so, so sharing the preaching with a team just provides more time for preparation and recovery and creates sustainable rhythm for me as the primary preacher, especially, but also the other teaching team members. You know, our, our primary preaching team at this point is me, Jeff Cook, Cammie Howard, and Andrew Ruth. Others will come in, but God has given us a really um a robust team that's that's like an <laughs> nba starting four if you only i don't know what sport you need four people in but that's a strong yep. like four all-stars on one team the holy spirit's uh, the center he's on uh, okay okay so he's under the basket five. clearing, Thank you. clearing Thank you people for, out that's good theology there <laughs> that's um, right. so in fact that is why i am moving this year in 2023 i'm moving from being a 42 sunday a week preacher to 36, 37 this year for the first time. So we're actually moving harder into the team teaching in part because of the the team that God has given us, but also for my own sake. There's there's part of a rhythm to that too, Mike, that over these years that you and the elders have unlocked that I got to experience. I mean, you didn't reinvent the wheel or anything, but have done a good job of um, putting in place on a large scale uh, – sabbaticals for people like you, I, uh, who Mm -hmm. are doing, and you realize when you step out, man, the grind of the Sunday to Sunday to Mm -hmm. Sunday to Sunday preparation, when you have a sabbatical and being able to take an extended break from that, you get back and you realize like, we, I need to find many ways, many small ways to do this in the regular schedule because of the, the, the restorative nature of just being able to, 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 to entrust this high calling to someone that that you vibe with and you know they're going to do a great job and just being able to let go yeah. for a couple yeah. weeks it lets i know for me and i know for sure for you when you yeah. when you do that you come back even if it's a week or two removed you come back with just a renewed uh enthusiasm mm-hmm. that is just not there if you're doing 28 weeks in a row it just gets tough yes um so that's the first reason uh, for team teaching is better sermon preparation. The second reason that I want to share is uh, to focus on other roles, and that's for me. Um, I focus uh, – preaching is the most visible part of what I do as the lead pastor, but it's still part of what I do. I lead staff and elders. I led an elder meeting last night until 8.30 in the evening. Um, I led a staff meeting yesterday afternoon. Uh, I provide spiritual counsel for church members. I have an appointment with a precious couple today at 5 o'clock. I set direction. And so the leadership challenge of leading 
uh, a church period, leading a large church and a family of churches, is tremendous, um, and it can't be neglected. And so the weeks that I'm off from preaching, I can really uh, press fast forward on leadership tasks. Mm-hmm. And I find that I'm a, I'm a more um, focused leader attaining, uh, moving us toward vision attainment and projects uh, and task for, short-term task forces. That's the way we get a lot of things done, focused work done here. Um, uh, I'm, I'm a better pastoral counselor. I'm not, I don't have in the back of my head, oh my gosh, I don't have anything really good for the Sunday. So that's just, I have a, a more emotional space to be present with the staff on those days. And um, I'm a lot more fun on my days off uh, with friends and family when I'm not, don't have a sermon hanging over me for that Sunday. Um, so uh, we're a team teaching church to allow for better sermon preparation for me and our other preachers. Two, to allow the lead pastor to focus on other roles. Three, is providing different spiritual leadership voices in the congregation's life. This allows the congregation to hear from multiple voices, points of views, life experience. Our life experiences of our team of four are so unique. Mm -hmm. Different life phases, I really like that. We have much younger men and women on our preaching team than me. A one preacher church is bound and by that preacher's perspectives, limitations, and biases. Also by me preaching less frequently, I, I have even more freshness so that I'm not repeating the same things. I'm, I, I'm even more fresh um, in, our, in my study and subject matter. So I, I want our, our congregation has so many diverse life experiences and it's good for them to hear preachers from diverse life experiences who have different spiritual gifts. My top spiritual gift is not teaching or leadership. It's encouragement. And so when I teach God's word, there's a unique delivery system of encouragement. And I hear this back from people. They might not use that word. Uh, But our other preachers have different top spiritual gifts or a gift mix. And so the Holy Spirit gives kind of a different general theme or flavor from God's word to them. And I just like that for our congregation. I'll say also, Mike, that's a main reason. <clears throat> this particular reason is one of the main ones that I'm, I'm a huge believer in team worship leading approach as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you do that b- well. Being able to hear, we have such talented people that also uh, just, just can express um, what's going on in their life in, in different ways than I would be able to. And it's just, it just, it's like a balanced diet, right? You yes. hear in the commercials, mm-hmm. part of a balanced diet, man, they need more <laughs> than, uh, just me up there singing every song, saying all the things they need more, uh, than just you up there preaching 52 Sundays a year. Cause, cause, uh, God has gifted so many people in our church. Well, I appreciate how you do that and model that every, in a, a single worship service, you had Danny Odell lead a song, uh, a worship lead for a song, and then uh, I think it was handed off to. Uh, there was a song that Aaron Maynard mm-hmm. led. There was a song that um, gnarly gnarly Crouch yep. led the la- the final song. I just and I the spirit leads me a little differently through each of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Number four reason to have a team preaching approach is less reliance on one person. This uh, when when you plant a church when there's a church planter. There's just a necessity and a reality that that church is highly identified with the person and even the personality and even the quirks mm-hmm. of the church planting pastor. And that was true for us, has been true for us as for any church plant. 
uh, I'm on a multi-year, like, you know, I have just like one or two goals that are like a 20-year long goal. <laughs> and, and, and the primary one of those is to slowly um, disentangle the identity of Lake Forest Church Huntersville from the person of Mike Moses. It's okay. I'm lead pastor. There's nothing wrong with with a, a close identification there. But moving the, now this year, moving from 42 sermons this year, last year, to 36 or 37 this year, 2023, is a guard against creating a church that is too centered around one person. And frankly, at which my eventual succession from the role of lead pastor, it, it lessens the threat hmm. of the day that I'm hit by a bus or it just comes to the end of my tenure, um, agreement between me and the elders. And so this is actually preparation for a healthy future transition someday um, because a team-oriented church can not only survive but thrive during change, leadership change and other. It provides stability and safety for our church even as the world changes constantly. And so having these other treasured voices gives us less reliance on one person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, fifth uh, reason for team preaching is development of newer preachers. Um, uh, team teaching helps identify and grow and expand the gifts and abilities of others who have the gift of teaching and preaching and allows them to develop their kingdom communication skills uh, and, and giftedness um, and so I love that about our team. We have very experienced preachers. Andrew uh, was a lead pastor for a bunch of years before coming here. So he, he has experience of preaching, uh, as he said two weeks ago, 60 times a year. Cammie <laughs> um, uh, and Jeff are very experienced. So we don't really have noobs here. Um, but Aaron Gibson has brought us a, a practice. When, when we have interns or a church planting resident who's going to preach for their first time at a Lake Forest church, each of our church planters, when they're preparing their first sermon and then or one of their staff, Aaron has the practice of having them complete their sermon by Thursday mid-afternoon, and then they come to our building or Westlake's building, and they preach it to Aaron and any other staff who will come mm-hmm. on the platform. And then they have feedback time, and, and then they go, you know, they go back and and uh, make it better. That has served a lot of first-time preachers in our Lake Forest families of churches. Hmm. So the development of newer preachers. <clears throat> I'll even add a very short six. I thought of when you were talking, Mike, is just that when I look at Andrew, Jeff, Cammy, particularly, um, that's a trio of people that I feel like. <clears throat> God has not only gifted but called from time to time to use their gift of teaching from the stage and for us mm. for us to be the church that we want to be to ha- to to be able to bring somebody like Andrew in um, t- to have a system and a structure led the way that you're leading it to say Andrew yes I want you to come in and you're going to you're going to do so awesome with Missio Day and also I know you're gifted and called to do this and I want to I want you to use that mm. that thing that God's called you. Like mm-hmm. literally, our team our team is better because uh, you're you're holding more open handed and saying you're gifted to do this. Let's let's mm-hmm. find some ways to do it because m- maybe you don't have an Andrew and a Jeff and a Cami if they're like have this burning thing of like I know God's called me to do some 
preaching. Mm-hmm. And if it's not going to be here, they might find a place where they can use that gift. So it's just, it's mm-hmm. cool looking at even the makeup of our team and how God uses that over time to bring people that are gifted at it. And then they have an opportunity here to not just sit on the bench. So it's pretty cool. It is. Now, Although I believe in team preaching and, and we are practicing that here, I do believe that for our church for sure, and almost every church, the senior or lead pastor should be the primary teacher. It gives right order to the church. There, there needs to be a, a singularity of a leader at the head. Uh, and so I think the, the senior pastor should preach most Sundays. I do know some senior pastors of very large churches that only preach half the time uh, to, to be able to devote even more time to leadership and vision casting. Uh, and usually that's when they're very late in their career also. They're really trying to prepare the church for succession. I, I don't anticipate us going to me only preaching 50% anytime soon. I, I think it's important uh, for me to be the primary communicator. And so you know, 36, 37, 38 is probably about right, and that's 70% of Sundays. Hmm. It's also a stewardship issue. We employ, and I'll, I'll use that word intentionally, mm-hmm. uh, the rest of our preaching team for primarily serving the congregation in other areas to lead those ministries. Mm-hmm. We employ me with the understanding I'm spending an inordinate amount of time studying God's Word and writing sermons. And so it 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 starves other ministries if those uh, other preachers are spending too much time writing sermons week to week to week. Mm-hmm. So that's a practical matter. It's also a stewardship and a leadership of a healthy overall church, not just a church that's only about preaching. Yep. Well, I hope that's interesting to hear how we think about that. Um, and I'm praying that uh, that our sessions this afternoon with the lead pastors will lead to super fruitful sermons from the book of James, yep. the summer of 2023 in the Lake Forest family of churches.